What's up, everybody? It's Coach Joshua, and officially welcome you guys out to another YouTube live of yours truly, where it's my goal to help you grow uh, uh, spiritually or holistically for God's optimal use and to help you make sense of your life. And for those who's watching me live and those who's watching me later, do me a big favor, um, share this video, engage with it. I would love to see your questions and see what you got from it. And for those who's uh, listening or watching later, whether on YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening through those streams. It's when I go look at the numbers and see the engagement there and see um, the people that listen and 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 all that good stuff, man, it's humbling to know on um, the different streams that you guys and gals choose to um, gather this information from. So it's an honor um, to serve you all. If this is your very first time and you're like, wow, I like what this guy's been doing. If you watched a few other videos, like I like what this guy's doing. He's giving me real good life advice. Make sure you subscribe, hit that bell. And also, if you want to be a part of these live Q&A streams, uh, make sure you hit, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, because no man, no woman knows that I'm going to do these live Q&A. So if you want to get involved, like everyone who's in the chat box right now, go ahead and subscribe, hit that bell, and be ready to come in. Have your have your question on uh, uh, copy and paste, ready to go, and I'll be here to serve you. And um, for those who's watching this video, like, man, this video looks like it's going to be long. It's probably going to be a 30 to 40 minutes. It's my goal. The timestamps are below for every question I answer today. Let's go to the chat box, see who's here. <clears throat> then I'm going to answer some questions and get out your way. And also, make sure you join me tomorrow. If you're probably watching this next week sometime, uh, make sure you go to lifework.teachable.com and join my Purpose of Singleness course. Um, we have almost close 700 people involved. Um, um, the videos, all that stuff is there. But if you want exclusive worksheet um, and exclusive material, you got to go to lifeforward.teachable.com. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about double-mindedness and singleness, how to out-doubt. So join me tomorrow at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, Thursday, February the 6th. And I can't wait to break that um, thing down. Let's go to the chat box. Hey, Coach, greetings from Orlando. Thank you for watching. LaShondra, Carmen Glover, what's going on? LaShondra, how do you... LaShondra said, I ain't going to let y'all. I ain't going to let him talk to anybody else. He going to see my question off gates, on site. I feel you. LaShondra says, how do you feel about Zodiac signs? Uh, uh, this is just my opinion about Zodiac signs. I think it's a perversion of God's original design. I think the devil looked at it and said, these type of people are birthed in these months, are birthed around these days. And see, do you understand? The devil's been around a long time. His demons have been around a long time. He's seen patterns and he's probably assigned demons, probably assigned uh, fallen angels to... Um, to study God's master plan when it come, came, comes to personalities and different types of things. God is the originator of that. It's not called a zodiac sign, but I think the devil had to get something to distract people away from God, that they idolize who they are, idolize what sign they are, and then they start uh, gaining more identity from the zodiac sign versus the image that they bear. And so I think the zodiac sign is a perverted, uh, extended image of the original design of God uh, placing people. Uh, because think about it, if God wants, uh, God is so brilliant <clears throat> that you don't think that he was the one that said people who are born in this time of the year, at that time of the year, that if I need an assignment to be done, I can get the them to be conceived at this time and birthed out of here with this unique personality trait to fill my purpose. That's just how it is. That's why I never advise people to idolize or become overly consumed with personality tests overly consumed with the zodiac signs and some of that stuff is so spot on that it's eerie but the devil has the devil was there since the beginning of of the creation so he knows 
He probably throughout time studied uh, different people groups that are born in certain areas, observed them and said, okay, instead of making people go to God, image or sign or uh, uh, the image they that they that they bear let's let them become so consumed in the zodiac system that they gain more insight from that and that becomes their universal intelligence versus the intelligence of the divine so when i think about that i will leave it alone uh, because anything you entertain that's demonic it's going to have some type of glue that comes with it it's going to have some type of of intrigue or curiosity just like the apple on the or the fruit on the tree it's going to be in such a way that your de your depraved, carnal, uh, uh, babe self is going to latch on to for source, for identity, for guidance other than God. It's crazy how more people check their Christians too, check their zodiac sign or check their zodiac whatever more than they do uh, um, God. And that's what that's the devil's ultimate objective. How can I study God's original design, create a perversion off of it, and put that in between God and people so people will go to their zodiac sign, will go to their personality test, they will go to all these different systems of intelligence because human beings are going to be enamored by the oh my goodness this is spot on and then that becomes your divine source of intelligence of identity and for purpose versus you could just went to god for that and that's what the devil does so when i think about that i think all that stuff that's so spot on about all of us came from the studious attempt of the devil to study people's birthings and 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 and, and um collect together people's uh, uh, patterns and traits and, and uh, compatibilities with other groups and then create this system that calls people to idolize it, distracting them from the one that says, if you lack wisdom, all you got to do is come to me. You can gain insight and wisdom from all these different things, but there's an idolatry that's connected to it. There's some type of demonic control connected to it that's keeping you from being who you need to be. Great question. Radio Jordan, hey coach, pray all is well, all is well. Thank you so much. Pink October, hey coach from Detroit, thanks for everything. You're so welcome. LaVita Doka says, hey coach, how are you? I'm doing exceptionally well. Doing exceptionally well. I am in a very good place in my life. Very content. I sometimes find myself feeling the end time. How do I get over this feeling? What do you mean by the end time? Uh, let, me, let me make sure I kind of process. Hey coach, how are Okay. I sometimes find myself fearing the end times. Oh, okay. Um, the end times is a glorious season um, because uh, earth has nothing on heaven. Um, I can't wait to, I can wait. What I mean by I can wait is because I know I have a lot of purpose left. But I know that earth has nothing heaven has. Uh, uh, I mean, earth can't compare it to heaven. And end times is just end times. And, and, that, and that was a point in my life when I was scared of the end times because, you know, I grew up on Left Behind. And uh, I grew up through an area of Christendom where it was hellfire, brimstone, get right or get left kind of preaching. <clears throat> so the fear of the, uh, the excess fear of God was stamped in me. But. But, but it's something to be afraid, especially if your hope is in Christ. If your hope is in this earth, it's a lot to be afraid of. But if your hope is in heaven, if your hope is in God, and your hope is in his divine protection and his divine provision, there's something to be afraid. There's going to be people who's going to lose their life. There's going to be a lot of people that's going to lose whatever. But I think there's a remnant of people that God is going to preserve for his purpose. And, and that you learn, you, you, you become that person when you become a person of purpose. <clears throat> there's nothing to be afraid of. You get over it by by knowing that there's no end. Um, and there's an end time 
as far as season or period. But know that if your name is written in the land book, it's like there's nothing to be afraid. Because even if something was to happen and there's famine and there's plagues and all that kind of stuff, what I would do is study Psalms 91. No evil will fall me, neither shall any plague come down my dwelling. If a thousand fall on my left, ten thousand in my right hand, it won't come near me. What I need for you to do is study Psalms 91 and 10 and believe that God can preserve you, that God will look out for you, and that, that God will keep you. It's simple as that. Uh, but... Trust that God is a provider, that God is a protector, and that God is a preserver, and that that at the end times is supposed to be a hope for men, <clears throat> men and women who are of God, to be able to say, yes, our Savior is near, Maranatha, our Lord cometh, and 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 that's where it is. And so you got to examine your heart and say, okay, what in this life am I afraid of losing? What in this life, and uh, is it because of death? Because death lasts no longer than six minutes, you know what I'm saying? But death is a doorway to take you to heaven. It's a transition. And so if you if you are working on behalf of heaven now and you're bringing heaven on earth, then transitioning from here to heaven won't be something to be afraid of. <clears throat> and the end times won't, won't be anything to be afraid of. Now, don't get me wrong. It's going to be some crazy stuff that happens. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to, the Bible says that the days wasn't short and even my very elect would be deceived. So well, this ain't nothing to be, be, uh, just our uh, culture is just like, don't think about it. Nah, don't think about it. Don't waste your time thinking about it, but prepare yourself by studying God's word and, and, and really building your hope in him. Hope to help. Celeste Wood and Brownie. Hey, what's going on? Pick up. just want to wish everyone a prosper. Thank you so much. You too. Hey coach. Ah, man, it always does. This my brother. It always does. This. Here we go. Uh, Charity says, <clears throat> Hey coach question. When you were once when you were once addicted to something, yet God showed himself to you, now you no longer have the desire to stir that addiction. What season are you in with God? You talking about me? Uh my season right now is contentment. And it took a lot of work for God to get me here. Right now I'm at peace with everything. And what I mean by that is I don't desire a bigger ministry. I don't desire more money. Don't don't that don't mean I'm not working towards being a master of my craft and being working in excellence and and being successful, but there's no idolatry of that anymore. And I think when you get past level of addiction and you get past idolatry, you go into the sweet spot of life. You go into the sweet spot of contentment. The Bible says, "A uh, contentment with godliness with contentment is great gain." Now, what does that mean? It means that. If I'm living a godly life within contentment, I'm gaining more than if I did if I try to gain more, right? Because what I've gained is 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 everlasting. I've gained hope. I've gained joy. I've gained peace. And I think that's the beautiful place that I'm at right now is that I see the value of love, of patience, of peace, of joy. Those things are the most prized possessions on earth. And I think once you get past uh, addictions and the addictions withdrawal period, and then when you get to the addiction and find it is attached to an idol, and then you begin to see the glorious God in comparison to this grummy, gringy idol that you've been worshiping up your life, <clears throat> it's easy for you to get into that sweet spot where you're like, God, where you want me to go? Wherever you need, I'll be. It took some time because idolatry is something serious. Idolatry is where all sins find their roots. You, whatever sin you practicing, there's an idol. There's a reason there, and that idolatry is what's keeping you from becoming the person or the individual that God wants you to be. It's keeping you from uh, gaining intellect, gaining wisdom, gaining uh, um, 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 favor, gaining uh, uh, success, and and level of maturity. 
And I think when you get to a place where you say, let's break it down for you. Um, when you were once addicted to something, yes, and I have, yet God showed himself to you. Now you no longer have the desire to stir that affection. What season are you in with God? Um, that's just the, that's a season of contentment is what I'm going to tell you. And there's no better place in trust. And I think what got me here was realizing just how good at good God is in providing, how good God is in taking care of his children. And that the verse that says, God, don't give me no more that I leave. You don't give me no less that I steal. That God will keep you right there in a sweet spot. And where I'm at right now is a sweet spot where I know I have favor, where I know that I can go out there and go get it, but I don't have the, I don't have the idolatrous desire to do so. I'm at a place where I'm content with God because God is my everything. That's the place every one of us should desire to be. That earth has no connection. The only connection I have to this earth is, is my wife, my future children, my family, um, my purpose. But everything else can kick rocks. Like I don't need a bigger ministry. I don't need more money. I don't need any of those different things. Don't give me, that don't mean I won't have those things, but I don't have no idolatrous desire where I, I, I lose myself trying to find those things. And so once you get past addiction, once you get past idolatry, you get to a sweet spot of, 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 a, of, a, of, a, of a good reverence for God, a good work ethic for God, a good, a good uh, relationship with God. Everything is thriving. Everything is, is propelling. Everything is growing. But, but, but there's no, I need this. And you're burning your wheels to get to this place of life. Because I've been places, I've seen things, and all of it's done. Trust me. All that stuff people are pursuing is done. That's why if you know uh, uh, God for who he is, <clears throat> everything else will fail in comparison. I hope I answered your question correctly. I hope that I hope I made sense. Tori J says, hey, coach, I pray for doing. I pray you do. I'm doing exceptional. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do. How do you you welcome? How do you make God the center of your heart? How do you quiet distractions when you are in his presence? Great question. Let's break it down. <clears throat> How do you make God the center of your heart? You do so by examining your heart. You got to just be honest with yourself and look at your heart for what it really is and say, what am I idolizing? What is keeping me from God? Anything that gets in the way of you uh, spending time with God, getting to know God and doing the things of God, chances are that's the distraction that's rooted in an idol. And then when you look at your heart and say, you know what? My life sucks. When God is not in it, anything that you do or pursue and God's not in it is going to decay. God is the life. He's the one that breathed life into us. That was what he did for Adam the first time. And then that breath, that breath that God breathed, yes, it sustained him, but there was a disconnect. And now through the, the through the, the, the life, the death, burial, uh, burial, resurrection of Jesus, now we have a new breath, his Holy Spirit. That illuminates us, that that invigorates us, that pushes us to a place where where we are more alive and we have life, life more abundantly. That He's the Spirit that that makes sure that the love, the joy, the peace is all at at optimal levels. <clears throat> Where we are of use for God and productive Him, and when you begin to see the joy and the beauty and the if and the and the benefit of that in your life, man, you 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 will remove any and everything out of your life because all those different things are destroying you. So what you got to do is look at your life and be like, what is keeping me from God, man? What am I idolizing? 
And you know, because your the symptoms of your idolatry is present in your eyes. Idolatry is anything you love more than God. Anything that you make the source of your life, anything that makes you feel valuable is, uh, instead of God, is an idol. And when you look at your heart and say, you know what? What Proverbs 3, uh, uh, 3 through 5, trust me with all your heart. That's the first bar right there. What areas in your life do you not trust God with, with all your heart? Is it money? Is it singleness? Is it marriage? Is it career? Anything you do not trust in the hands of God, your idol is what you trust. You see what I'm saying? It's not in God we trust. It's going to be in my idol I trust. And then, but, but there's going to come a point in your life where God allows your idol to, to, to fulfill his course. And then you'll be like the uh, prodigal son eating with the pigs. And that's what God allows people to go through. He lets people go to their brink because sometimes when they get to their brink, then they're going to know they, their need to have a drink and they're going to come to a world that never runs dry. So right now you got to examine, where am I? Am I the prodigal son that's asking my father for an inheritance? Am I the prodigal son that's leaving my father's house? Am I the prodigal son or daughter that's that's wasting my creativity, wasting my life with them? Or am I at the pig's pen or am I on my way back to my father? Examine that because that will let you know where you trust, right? And so how to keep God in the center of your heart is to examine your heart often. You don't examine your heart one time. You got to examine every day I examine my heart. Why? Why did I think that? Why did I feel that? Am I, and I always question, every, anytime I watch my videos or whatever, and before I do a video, I always look at my heart. Why are you doing this, Josh? Are you doing this for the people? Are you doing this for God? Are you doing this for your ego? Are you doing it for whatever? I have to always do checkups on myself to make sure God is still on the throne. You see what I'm saying? Second part of the question, how do you quiet distractions when you're in his presence? Discipline. Discipline. What you got to do is detach yourself by removing all potential distractions, meaning you got to put your phone in the car. You got to put your phone downstairs. You got to have a place where you and God are, where you and God spend uninterrupted time together. And you just, you define those places. You, you become disciplined with that place and you remove everything. You got to find a place in your house where all you have are tools for you for you, for you and God to engage with. And that you don't need no technology for that. You get a sheet of paper, you get a book, you get a book, you get the Bible, you get a notepad and a pen. That's all you need in that place. Maybe a pillow. Maybe if a pillow's too much, then you're gonna fall asleep. Just go somewhere where you know that your flesh can get comfortable. And if your flesh is comfortable, or what you there's nothing wrong with having a comfortable prayer. Uh, room or whatever. What I'm saying is you just got to remove any and everything that's going to make your flesh scream. In the beginning, you're going to have your flesh scream because your flesh knows no wants all bad things and knows no good thing. You know what I'm saying? But you die to your flesh daily. So what you do is you put your phone away, you put all distractions away, and it's discipline. You, desire by itself uh, produces you nothing. You got to be disciplined. And the more you uh, uh, the more you are disciplined, the more it becomes natural for you and the more it becomes a joy for you. But it has to begin with discipline. How to keep God in the center of your heart? Examine your heart all the time to make sure God is in, in there and ask yourself, what am I idolizing? What, what area of my life do I not want God in and why? And that's when you have the honest conversation with yourself and that's what humbles you to repentance. 
because God's goodness is being good for you despite your idolatry. And so you'll waken up to how good God is and you'll be like, God, I'm, I'm going to, uh, through the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to make you the center of everything in my life. Easier said than done. But through the Holy Spirit, it'll get done. Hope to help. And how do you quiet distractions? Remove all distractions and find that quiet place and be disciplined in being still. There's stillness is an art form. Stillness is a benefit. God don't like talking in the midst of noise. He's God. God, God is not going to talk in the midst of a competitor because there's no competition. So God says, I'm not going to stoop down to try to talk to you. You got all these different voices in you talking to you. God says, you come, you, you let me know you're ready to hear from me based upon your willingness to be still. If you can't be still, you won't be able to hear his will. You see what I'm saying? But if you want to know his will, you got to be disciplined, being still. Here am I, Father. Here am I. Send me. Speak, Lord. Your servant heareth. And sit there. Sometimes God is quiet to see how bad you want to hear. People don't want to hear that, but God be like, okay, can you can you be still long enough? Because, because God knows your intentions. God knows if you just come to him for an answer for, for your idolatrous desires. God knows if you just ask him to consume of your own lust. You see what I'm saying? So God is like, if you really want to hear from me, for me, I want to see how willing you are to, to really want to be with me. The way to God's hand is through his heart. God, God, you know what God does? Whatever you want, he puts right behind his back where his heart is. <laughs> if you want what's in my hand, you got to fall in love with my heart. Because if you have God's heart, you got God's hand. We're just talking about when it comes to life. And promotion. We're not talking about God's grace and he's not withholding that. He's not withholding his goodness and his love towards you. But when you're talking about a man, a husband, a wife, promotion, success, more money, all this kind of stuff, do you love me? Because if you don't have my heart, you won't be able to steward what I have in my hand for you. Hope to help. Hey, Coach uh, Canales says, Coach Josh, I am so very thankful God gets the glory. It's an honor to serve you all. He gets the glory. I sacrifice my life um, like he did for us. And I desire to do the same. I follow, I follow his footsteps and I kind of honor that he uses me to help so many people. It is very humble. So thank you. I'm thankful for you all as well for just rocking with me and, and, and trusting the anointing that God has in me, trusting what the spirit of God has to say through me is humbling. Um, I, I, I can, I care less about this. I'm just a vessel. He's the wind that blows through me. And I, and I thank you all. Uh, for the support, the donations, the, the love, the, the comments. I really appreciate you all. Um, and God gets the glory for the gift that he's placed in me. Because without, without him, I'll just be talented. But with him, my talent's anointed. So it's an honor. Lindsay Lewis says, hey, coach, is it okay to listen to African music like Teco, Burner Boy? The music is uplifting and it makes me appreciate my African heritage. But I know you said secular music is not good. I, I'm not familiar with those individuals. Everything it's because there's there's genres of music that I'm not familiar. I'm Nigerian, but I, I I'm I'm you know I've been in America my whole life, um. So I'm not really sure about those individuals. So since I'm unsure, everything has to boil down to the spirit of God. There's some music out there. That's why the difference between secular and sacred is simple. It's based upon the glorification of God, the glorifying of God and the things of God. Like there's nothing wrong with listening to music that glorifies marriage. God made marriage. You're talking about in a in a in a in a right way of perceiving it. There's nothing wrong with uh with music that that talks about working and being successful if it if it's in a in a non idolatrous way. So there may be music that may not have Jesus Jesus Jesus, but but the Holy Spirit is getting glory is 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 the one that breathed the lyrics 
utilizing in different areas of, of life to build people's hearts to, to do X, Y, and Z for the glory of God, then those songs are good too, but the Holy Spirit lets you know. Uh, and he'll, because God, the Holy Spirit handles nuances. He knows if he breathed those lyrics. So what I would do is, Holy Spirit, did you breathe these lyrics? Holy Spirit, did you write this song? Holy Spirit, is this glorify the Father? Holy Spirit, what is in this song? And anytime you feel like a, and you know that type of music is not good. And I'm sure there's some African music that's, that's, that's blessed, that, that the Holy Spirit breathed, and, and that's a benefit for you, and there's nothing wrong with listening to those songs. But everything, but you can't trust your feelings. Many people be like, well, Holy, I feel good about this. So, no, nah, that's your feelings. And most people confuse their feelings versus the flow of the Spirit. So they feel like, the oh, I think it's the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. There's a difference between you are overly indulged to such a degree that you are so callous to the point that you don't even know if it's Holy Spirit or not. Don't trust yourself. What I would do is, what I would do is remove yourself from those types of songs for one week. Don't listen to it for a week, maybe two. Don't listen to it for one or two weeks. And then when you come back to play it for the first time, follow your spirit. Because when you're removed from something, detoxed from it, and you're purged from it, like when you go on a fast from certain foods and then you taste it again, that sugar that wasn't as sweet before, that saltiness that wasn't as salty before becomes unbearable because your body has cleansed itself. And now when you try to partake it, your system can't mess with it no more because your system like, that's real bad. So that's why I'm remove yourself from the music for about two weeks. See how you feel it, and then listen to it one time. If you if you feel us, your spirit man's like mm, man, mm, like that, then you know good and well ain't good for you. Hotel, my wife's in the building. Thank you, baby. Thank you, Lord. Far Forrester says, "Hey, Coach Birmingham, UK in the building. Thank you for watching. What's up, Coach? What's up, Kibu? Nick, good night. If you have to ask yourself if you love someone, do you truly love them? Good question, Nick. If you have to ask yourself if you love someone, do you truly love them? It just depends on where you are in a stage of love. You know, sometimes you get to a place in relationships and family where you may be exhausted with the person, that you may be exhausted and your exhaustedness in your own self uh, blurs your vision of a person. Um, it's nothing wrong with asking yourself. Now, if you met this person recently, if this is a relationship, you just met this person and y'all not married. And you're asking yourself, do I do I love this person? I really like this person. Um, the good thing is that you're not married. So what you could do is just step away and be like, you know what, God, is this what is this who you have for me? But if you marry, that's gonna come. You're not gonna always like your spouse. You're not gonna always. What I mean by like, you're not gonna always be in 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 perfect bliss with the person. But that's when the facts comes before the feelings. See what I'm saying? So if my if if a thought comes to my mind, my wife, I know the facts about it. It don't, it don't matter what. What the devil may try to whisper in my ear about trying to cause a wedge or to cause animosity, to cause resentment, you block that because of the facts. So what I will examine is what's the facts behind the feelings for this person? If this is a person I'm courting or being courted by, what are the facts? The facts, the only thing that's going to keep, the only thing that's keeping my marriage right now is God's confirmation. I trust God's confirmation. So when I get to a place of humanness and relationship and it's getting tough or whatever, I know, I know the covenant. I know the marker by which God confirmed this relationship. And so that's what the devil wants to cloud confirmation. He wants you not to seek God because if you don't seek God, you won't have clarity. If you don't have clarity for God, you won't, you won't be consistent with whatever it is that you're in. 
You see what I'm saying? So if you want consistency in companionship, you must have confirmation because that person is going to do things that's going to make you not want to be in it because y'all human. But if you have confirmation from God, you will be able to find the facts behind those feelings and keep going in that love because you're not going to always be lovable and your spouse or significant other not going to always be lovable. But if you got the love of God in it, God will give you the love, which is facts. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Love has components that are feelings. You feel love, but love's not a You feel love, but love is not a feeling. Love is, is logic. Love is, 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 is divine. Love, to a degree, is uncomprehendable. So if you keep going and caught up in feelings all the time, then you're going to be like, well, I don't feel like I love you, and then you divorce. You know how many people divorced too soon, gave up too soon on the right thing because they were so consumed by their feelings? Love is factual. Love is logical. Love is divine. And the Bible says, if even if your love is, even if you don't understand love all the way, he says, man, I am love. And he says, if you lack wisdom, you can ask of me. I will withhold it from you. So no matter what, you won't be consistent in any kind of companionship if there's no confirmation from Christ. Christ confirms that his confirmation will permeate, permeate through the decades of your marriage or relationship that when you do have bad moments, you can fall on the confirmation and say, you know what, we're going to fight. We're going to make this work. We're not going to fight each other. We're going to fight through. We're going to press through. But if you have to ask yourself if you love someone and y'all just met, that's different. But if you like, I, but that's how you do it. Find the facts that God confirmed this friendship relationship. If so, I got to modify my type of love for them. And what I mean by that is some people got a marital type love for someone that is not supposed to receive that kind of love. There's different stages of love. There's friendship type love. There's relationship type love. There's service type love and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and all that has come from God. God's love comes through us as vessels and he wants to delegate that love to the right people and not and, 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 and compartmentalize them so they can receive the right kind of love. My wife gets premium husband love. You see what I'm saying? That, that love nobody else will ever get because she's the only one that's supposed to get that. You see what I'm saying? There's a certain type of love that only God receives. There's going to be a certain type of love that only my kids. I can serve 700 kids in my school. But when I have kids, they're going to get exclusively tight love. What happens is when we blur the love lines, you see what I'm saying? When we blur the love lines and start giving boyfriends a, a wife love, giving girlfriends husband love, you see what I'm saying? And giving other kids a, 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 a parental love that your kids are not getting, that's when confusion happens and that's when the clouding of judgment occurs and then that's when you're not consistent. But God's love will help you learn how to delegate your love correctly and understand the exclusivities of the different types of love backed by facts, backed by his confirmation, backed by him as the source of it. I know I gave you a lot of layers on that. I hope that helped. I hope that made sense to you all. Celeste Woodenbrenner says, Coach, I didn't get that email about my son. Oh my goodness. Let me, I'm going to get back to you. Is there another way to contact you for mentoring? I did, did, did you get my last email? Did you just email me today? I did see email come in. I don't know if it's the same person. And I got to get back to Stephen too. I think Stephen posted a stuff. I got to get back to you guys too. Please forgive me on that. Charge to my head, not my heart, but I got to do better. I'm going to get to y'all, man. We we just go, we doing, we going through, not going through no bad stuff. We just doing life. And it gets gets cluttered sometimes. So just know, know that I'm going to get to you. Tiffany Barker says, hello, I've been celibate for five years now doing that time 
During that time, I found that I have herpes. I've been able to process and heal. When my mate come, how do I have that conversation with him? Um, great question. What I would do, Tiffany, is is forgive yourself, number one. And you got to apply that 70 times 7 with you, too. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're gonna not you're not gonna feel as clean, you're not gonna feel as pure, you're not gonna feel as deserving. You see what I'm saying? But God's a healer. It's that simple. God's a healer. And it, it, I don't care what man has to say, I don't care what doctors have to say that it's incurable. You gotta believe that it's curable. That, that that God can cure that uh disease before you meet the person that has for you, that the person he has for you. And when you have that faith and you flow in that faith, watch it become off of your life. And don't get so caught up in uh uh God's going to give me the scraps or God's going to give me second class dude because of what I did with the last dude and what the last dude gave me. No, I don't get caught up in that. Know that God loves you. Know that God can heal you. Know that God can restore you and trust him with it. Uh, I've been able to process and heal. When my mate come, how do I handle Just tell him. Just be honest. Honest. Listen, the truth can't scare the right one away. Mm, 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 mm. The one God has for you can't be scared away. Because God, listen, God gonna be like, look, that's yours. But God, she said, that's yours. That's her past. You see what I'm saying? You can, that's why you gotta be honest with everyone. Because honesty will let you know who's with you. You gotta be honest with everyone. And so it doesn't matter what your past is. You have that conversation. Y'all be wise with it. Y'all walk in faith with it. Y'all trust God with it. And I believe God will heal you from that. But be honest. Honesty will let you know who's really with you or not. And when you tell that young man, hey, don't tell him in the beginning. You know, make sure it's certified, confirmed by God. Get to know him in a group setting. Get to know him in a in a holy way. And and when it's time to have that conversation, he's gonna look at you and be like, "So, I'm, I'm, God sent me here, and I'm for you. And that's what you got to do. Hope to help." Got time for two more. And I gotta go. Zach says, "Hey, coach, was recently fired and not sure where to go. I know God would give me a better job soon, but I sometimes feel nervous and fearful while being unemployed. Um, that's uh, that's understandable." That's normal. Um, um, it happens. Now, what you have to understand is twofold. Now, if you got fired because I skipped you, I'll go back to you, Levita Doka. I'll go back to you. Make sure I ain't skip you. What you have to understand is this, is that if you got fired because of your negligence, God's grace is sufficient for you to learn from that mistake. Now, if you know, only you know why you got fired or why you got laid off. Only you know. And so what you have to do is change those patterns, change that way of work, change the way you see work, change your work ethic. If you know you got fired, because listen, um, when it comes to certain places, they're not going to, they're not going to let go of anyone that's valuable. It's a lesson for everyone. If you are valuable at a job, you're the last they're going to let go. But if they know, because em employers, managers, whether you know it or not, you can you can BS to all your family and friends. You can lie to everyone else. But people know the people that work with you know what kind of work you do. You see what I'm saying? If you got if you got laid off because a job is letting go of people, God's going to sustain. Either way, God's going to sustain you. But the first part, He'll sustain you if you are willing to learn the lesson. And the good thing about work is work. If, if, you got to be willing to do work that you don't want to do. You got, if you got, listen, as a man, like for me, and I believe you're a brother. Yeah, you Zach, as a brother, if I got to let go today, I'm going to find a job. If that means flipping burgers, putting fries, I'll be at McDonald's. You see what I'm saying? I, you, I'm going to find a job. 
You see what I'm saying? So you got to have that mindset of I'm not too good for any kind of job. And just say, God, hey, what job do you have to do in this meantime? But if you are in the first category of, yeah, coach, I kind of made some mistakes and I see the patterns that may have made me less valuable and easily dispensable, then uh, uh, learn from that lesson, adjust, and show God, God, the next opportunity you give me, I'm going to be a better steward. I'm going to work unto you. Because when you work unto the Lord, you'll meet all the expectations of your manager. Because working unto God is supersedes. And then you'll have favor because they're going to be like, you're different. You're different because you're working on behalf of the divine. And working on the divine made you disciplined enough to meet all the expectations of their demands. Now, if you got laid off, what you do now is trust God. Because I've been in that place before. And God supernaturally provided for me. You see what I'm saying? And and he provided me until I was able to get the subs, the subcategory of provision, and that's a job. Hope to help. Levita Doka, let me see where you at now. You said I skipped you. Coach, how are you? I sometimes find myself fearing the end. I did get you a question. Oh, that must have been you commenting later. Okay. In the injury of love, what's going on? Lucinda Diggs, what are your thoughts on narcissists? I did maybe about two videos on narcissists, but I can definitely ask you a question. But if, if I don't really get to the meat of it because of time sake, uh, just type in narcissist and Joshua's and I did about two or three videos on it. But what what are my thoughts on narcissists? Twofold. There are certain people that was overly loved, got everything they want, and their brain has been warped based upon the negligence of their environments growing up that made the world all about them. Eighth place trophies. Little Jimmy is great. Little Susie is amazing. You know, nobody can, they will not do any wrong. When a kid grows up in that type of culture, that type of environment, it warps as their brain's developing. It warps the way they think. Therefore, they develop narcissistic behavior. There's other people that just has no soul. They were devil made. They're part of the devil's lineage and they have no soul, which means they have no country, which means they have no empathy. And there are people who are not human walking amongst us today. It's that simple. Those are my two thoughts on that. And I go deeper in those other videos. Christian says, I know I have take, to take action in my faith, but I have feeling stuck as in don't know where to start. Um, start, start from the beginning. When it comes to faith, it's nothing wrong with starting from the beginning because anything that you flourish in has fundamentals. Anything that you flourish in, the flourishness of it comes from fundamentals. So when you find yourself stuck, all you gotta do is sharpen your fundamentals. Go back to the go back to the fundamentals. Go back to the roots of your faith. Now, what are the fundamentals of your faith? The fundamentals of your faith is let me discipline myself in reading my word with the Holy Spirit reading it with me. Let me let me be disciplined in my prayer. Let me get back to the fundamentals of, of studying the word of God, studying the attributes of God. That's how you get unstuck. Sometimes we get stuck because we lost the place, we lost sight of the one that made us unstuck. And so what I do anytime I feel like, man, I just don't feel like I'm, I go back to my fundamentals. I go back to praying. I go back to uh, uh, talking to God. I go back to seeking him. I go back to uh, uh, the fundamentals. Like, so if, like what I do every time I play basketball, when I go play basketball, you know what I do? I start from the front of the rim. I start very close. Most people like to shoot threes first. No, no, no. I start in the front of the rim. Then I take steps back. I take steps back. Now, as I do that, when it's time to play the game, my jumper is ready to go it, because now I warmed myself up through my fundamentals. So when you feel like my shot is just not falling, I feel like everything's falling flat. Let me go back close to the rim again 
and practice the fundamental. Simple as that. And that's what happens when you feel stuck in your faith. And that's what keeps you from becoming stagnant and becoming um, 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 so caught up in, in, in the, 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 the frustration of it all. You say, you know, I'm just going to go back to my fundamentals. And all you got to do is I'm going to find an attribute to study about God. I'm going to find a verse to meditate on. I'm going to go and take a drive and just talk to God. And then as you do that, you'll find yourself unstuck. Hope to help. I don't know what just happened. We got 197 people watching. 200 people watching. I don't know. Someone shared something. Something happened. But thank you. Thank you all so much for watching. If this is your first time watching, you're like, who is this guy? My goal is to help you become holistically, uh, uh, become holistic for God's optimal use and to make sure that you make sense of your life. I give a lot of life advice here um, to help you grow in the things of God and help you be the best that you can be for him. And so if this is something that you like, man, subscribe, hit the bell, all that good stuff. And let's get some likes in. I don't know why we got, I don't know how we got 221 people in and 15 likes, but cool. Welcome. Glad to have you. Got time for maybe two or three more questions. I'm out. Uh, Divine 15 said, hey, coach, I'm so afraid of dying before experience all that life has to offer me and living my purpose. I feel that I have not accomplished anything just yet. Don't be afraid of death, my friend. Um, death has a way of adding perspective to life. And what I mean by that is this. That that when when death occurs or when death is uh, uh now no longer a feared, then life becomes more fruitful. Like the day that I looked at death and I wasn't afraid of it, I became more fruitful in my life because I began to look at death as as a door versus a grave. I looked at death as a transition to a better place, and so it made my days count. And since now that my days count, I become successful in my days because I'm not thinking about when I'm going to die. I'm just, I'm just thankful for life and the, the abundance of it and become productive with it. So don't worry about that. Just keep working every day. And it boils down to you trusting God and, 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 and really trusting that he will protect you, that he will guide you, that he will uh, uh, help you. And when you get over those fears, then you'll become more fruitful, more faithful, and, and you'll get more done. That's the only way I wrote these six books and got things done. Death, death is motivating. Um, the death of Christ motivates me more than the death that's approaching for me. Because what he did for me and died for me for and gave me the access to God gives me access to get more things done. And that's a beautiful thing. So don't, don't be afraid of what you're going to miss out on. Just make sure that you maximize every moment. If you maximize the moments you have every moment, you won't find yourself in a place of, of, of missing out on those opportunities for those moments. But if you feel like, listen, you, you accomplish something today, I'm sure. But what you got to do is say, okay, what can I do with my life now? What can I learn to help me maximize my life even more and start there? If you're an author, study, study how to write a book, how to self-publish, etc. Hey, coach, what's going on, Jennifer? Hi, Joshua. Narcissists who are not human and Jezebel and Ahab spirits because I have narc parents who are abused sexually to us. Sorry, it wasn't answered before. Also, why celebs called? Why are celebs called evil? Great question. Um, yeah, the devil's got the devil got children on his earth. He got he got children that are part human and part demon. Where you have a soul, they have a demon. They don't have no soul. God didn't make them. They were made by the devil. And that's deep 
deeper stuff that YouTube is trying to place to, to, to talk about it. Uh, but do your research on that. Uh, but when it comes to the Jezebel Ahab spirits, it may not be exclusively Jezebel's spirit from back in the Bible days. It could just be that that spirit that has the same type of personality, same type of tactics, same type of, of, of vibe as those spirits which is deceptive, manipulative spirits. Um, Jezebel's spirit is a spirit that wants to manipulate anybody of any type of power. That type of spirit wants people in powerful positions to be blackmailed and manipulated for and for her use. That's what happened to her husband, Ahab. She really ran things. He didn't. Um, Ahab is more of a pansy spirit. You know what I'm saying? It happens. In, I'm not going to get deep in that. Um, but if you have parents, listen, I don't know how old you are. Um, and what I would do is, because I got to I got to make sure I give you the right advice. What I would do is man, email me. Email me and put and put sexual abuse on top of that because I I, I got to make sure I got to be a good steward of my words and giving advice to you. I don't want to give you something and then put you in deeper danger. I need to know the nuances. Uh, and why are celebs called evil? Cuz some of those some of those people are the devil's children. They made a deal with the devil. And they had to do evil things because of the deal they made with the devil. They sold their soul to the devil. They made a deal with him, and now they gotta owe up, own up to that deal. People just don't get people just don't get money out of nowhere. People are not famous for no reason. If you study a lot of these people, a lot of these people are related to each other. They twenty seventh cousins of each other. See what I'm saying? So it's, it's a bloodline. It's sick. And these individuals have to do what they gotta do. Think about it. If someone gives you a bunch of money and they got strings attached to it, they can take that money back. And so these people have to do certain things to keep their luxurious life and they lose their soul in the process. Hope to answer your question. Uh, Rodeo Joy says, how do demons follow you when you assign when you assign angels, when you are assigning angels and they are around you also? Demons, I mean, you know, when you look at the spirit world, uh, um, the devil says he roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It's that simple. That's all he's doing. He's roaming around like a lion seeking who made a vow. And so when you are not in obedience to God, you're not flowing with God and you're practicing sin, you open the door to, for the demons to get in. And that's just how it is. You can have all the angels in the world. You know what I'm saying? But if you practicing sin, the angels going to be at bay. You know what I'm saying? Unless God's grace, unless, unless God's is telling them to keep doing what they're doing. But if you keep practicing sin, demons are going to get in. Let's hope they help. Last question I got to go. Hey, coach, we never got, I know, man. Let me tell you what happened. My my unplugged email. I got about I got about seventy emails yesterday because I ran out of storage on my Gmail account. Right. So when I sent y'all that message about meeting with y'all, I didn't get y'all's emails back until yesterday when I had to pay a dollar ninety nine for Google to give me more um, what you call it space for my emails. I get so many emails from y'all and I don't delete them. You know. And so my uh, storage got full. And I was like, man, I ain't heard from him. I ain't heard from a lot of people. And I was like, man, I ain't get... And then the day yesterday, got 70 plus emails that I got over the weekend. Uh, we never got to have our meeting on Saturday at 5.30. Could we schedule for Friday around maybe? We'll see what I can do. I don't know. I don't even know what Friday has to offer me. Um, but I, trust me, you have my word. I will make sure I talk with you, Stephen. Trust me. Here's your love and I got to go. I'm so glad I pushed, pushed away from that. I used to judge a man who would try to pursue me. Oh, the Zodiac stuff. Okay. Uh, I gotta go, y'all. Feeling tired. Feeling tired. I bet I gotta be stood on myself, and I don't feel the Holy Spirit telling me I gotta go. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Thank y'all so much for watching. I pray the contents of these videos were a blessing to you. 
All everything you know about me is on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Links in the description box. Um, you can give, you can get involved, you can get resources and tools there. Join me tomorrow at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Purpose Singleness course that I do. I would love to serve y'all there um, live. Uh, if you want the worksheet to go with that, go to my website, lifework.teachable.com, and I got to make sure I get the email out to everyone tomorrow morning. But love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Coach gonna get some rest. I love y'all. I'll see you soon. Peace.